our service off with uh, the scripture, the birth of Jesus. That comes from Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see these things, this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. John 1, 1-14. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has not been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, 
nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, the Word of God. My kids are at home right now. They were at the service last night, but I have a six-year-old, I have a nine-year-old, and I have a 12-year-old, which is like, I don't know, perfect for Christmas, if you ask me. It's like, those are like great ages for, for Christmas, but I got to tell you, waiting for Christmas is hard. I'm like watching it through their eyes. They've been off school for a week now. This has been a challenging week. Not, not just like behavior stuff, you know, sometimes that happens. But, but it's like that anticipation, that, that looking forward, that waiting, and, and yet they don't have school to take up their time, and, and they're so ready for Christmas. They were so ready for this morning. And my wife's parents are in town. They were able to fly in, and, and as the kids waited for them, there was just so much anticipation built up, and, and it was really difficult on these young guys. It was really hard to wait that long and, and here they are and they've like finally arrived and it's like this this wonderful time this this glorious time but uh, it's interesting how even that week you know and they've been looking forward to it longer but but even that week is hard right when when you think forward but one thing that stood out to me I was thinking about that and I was looking at scripture between that close of the Old Testament in these verses we read today, there was 400 years of waiting. There was 400 years between this time where, where God's people had received all these promises. They'd received that, that a coming Messiah was going to come, that there was going to be a Savior, that, that someone was going to come and, and be with them in, the, in their dark times. And these were not an easy 400 years. These are 400 years of oppression, 400 years of foreign rule, of, of empires ruling over them, and, and really difficult life situations. And, and yet they looked forward to promises. For 400 years, they looked forward with anticipation. For 400 years, they looked forward to a Savior. We've been doing this sermon series all of Advent. Advent is the season that leads up to Christmas. It's it's a full month long, and, and the whole idea is that we can't just suddenly arrive this morning. We can't, I mean, we, we can physically do that, but, but mentally, we're not ready yet. If we, just, if we just arrive at Christmas on the day of, then it's so easy for us to pass, for it to pass us by. So the church for many years has set aside a whole month as a season of Advent, a season of, of preparation, a season of anticipation a season of waiting, and ultimately a season of getting right with God as, as we wait for Christmas, as we wait for this coming King. And what has been uh, really a, a strange turn of events is that when we look at our world today, when we look at our own culture, what, what we all uh, live in, what we all are in daily, it's not become really a season of preparation, unless you count like Amazon shopping as preparation. <laughs> It hasn't really become much of a season of anticipation or a season of waiting for light to come into the darkness. It's become a season of consumerism. It's become a season of greed. It's become a season of being so busy 
that we can't even focus on a Savior. That we can't even focus on Jesus. And, and I think the real tragedy of Christmas is it's not so much this consumerism piece that's, that's important. It's, it's more how insignificant this whole idea of light coming into the darkness has become. This idea of Jesus coming in, and in some ways Christmas has like taken over. Right? We, we just, I mean, I'll admit, I'm a like Christmas music before Thanksgiving person. Uh, I'm not going to ask you all to vote, because I know you all agree with me. Uh, but, but I'm like, I'm so ready for Christmas. And we, and we, it's like two months. It's like taken over, right? And, and it's all the commercials, and it's all the ads, and it's, it's everything going on. It's, it's all encompassing, but it leaves out the whole point of the celebration. Right? It leads out... Uh, again, this idea of, of God coming to us, that it wasn't into a perfect world that Jesus came, that it was into that 400 years of waiting, that 400 years of silence, that 400 years of, of anticipating a Savior, of desperately needing a Savior, and it was, it was in that dark place that Jesus came the first time. And, and yet, it, seem, it seems quite often that we totally miss the entire concept that, that Christmas isn't this, uh, just this, this high point, and then there's, there's kind of nothing else that happens. It's just, there's this high point, and then we just go on with our, our regular days, and we go, I, I kind of, I feel like I missed Christmas this year. I rushed through it. Uh, I didn't really experience it. Um, Christmas is not supposed to be that. It's, it's not supposed to just be this celebration. It's actually this invitation into a deeper relationship with God, into a deeper connection. I was thinking about it this year, trying to think, you know, what do, what do I preach on Christmas? And maybe you haven't thought about this much, but, but Christmas is kind of a hard sermon for pastors to think through. It's not, I mean, the text is right there. It's not, I mean, you just read the story and you're pretty much good. But the hard part, it says it's the same thing every year. I don't want to give you the same sermon. But I mean, what if you like look back on the live stream and you're like, 12 months ago, what did he preach? I'm like, oh my, it's word for word. Right? So, so as I got to thinking about uh, Christmas this year, this, this thought popped into my head. I was focusing on this light coming into the darkness. And, and what if, after those 400 years, what if Jesus didn't come? What if instead of 400 years, it had been something more like 2,000 years? And we were those people waiting. What would our world look like around us? What would our own lives look like? And, and there's some really practical things I think we can see. And, and maybe you don't realize this, but, but before Christianity kind of broke onto the scene, there was not really such a thing as hospitals in the world. So, so we'd be living in a world without hospitals. That would be obviously very tragic. And, and even this whole uh, season leading up to Christmas is, is the biggest giving season of the entire year. It's multi-billion dollars are, are given in charity uh, to other people. Some people doing it uh, glorifying God, saying, I'm going to do this to worship Jesus. Other people are just doing it because it's a season of giving. It's a season of, of giving back. So we would miss out on that. But what, what seems more important is, is to think not just what would it be like in our world, but what would it be like to you 
if Jesus never came? What would it be like if you were still wandering in that darkness without light? Without Jesus, we would remain tied to our sins, unable to break free, unable to be in a right relationship with God. But the beautiful, beautiful news of Christmas is that we don't live in that world. That that world can be a thought experiment. And don't, don't get me wrong. Actually, as I think about it more, there are some people that are still living like that. Right? There's people that in their own lives, or, or even in just sections of their life, that, that they've just kind of stayed with the darkness. They say, I don't, I don't need that light in my life. A Savior has come, but, but there's people that just haven't accepted him yet. So they are living in that 2,000 years of silence, right? Or, or even in your own life, maybe you've said, you know, I'll accept Jesus in, but, but Jesus, when you come, why don't you just like stay in the living room? Just like stay there. You know, when we have good friends come over, our, our friends come, and we spend time in the living room, but like, what do, where do good friends go? They come like alongside you in the kitchen, right? Good, good friends, they're, they're invited into the whole house. They, they go everywhere. Good friends are able to come in and they can see every place. And as Jesus comes into every part of our lives, he brings light into those areas. But yet we have many of us in our own lives where we've said, okay, you can come in, but how about you just stay right here, Jesus? Sure, you can bring light to the living room. That's great, but, but stay out of the kitchen. Certainly stay out of the closet, stay out of, of the basement, these places that I'm just, I'm just uncomfortable for you to go. Those, those places have been dark for over 2,000 years. Those places we, we're kind of hesitant to let uh, even a Savior in. Again, the beautiful news is we don't have to live in that world. John 1, verse 12, read for you earlier, says, Yet to all who did receive him, meaning Jesus, to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And by receiving Jesus, we too can become children of God and in every area of our lives, freed from our sins, freed to be in a new relationship with God, freed to be, to be reconciled with God, but also to be agents of reconciliation out into the world around us, into the relationships around us. That is the beautiful, beautiful news of Christmas. It's, it's not all about uh, kind of the, the flashy stuff. It's not all about uh, the traditions. It's not all about just that exciting stuff. It's, it's like we've taken this time that, that there's this beautiful message of light coming into every area of our lives and we've turned it about family traditions or we've turned it into certain specific food that I like to eat or, or we've turned it into a time of, of how do I make sure I do each thing in the right order and, and look calm the entire time. The last thing you want to be is like stressed out on Christmas, right? So you got to like put on the happy face and then you go through all of it and some of you are, you're like there right now. I'm not going to point you out, but... But some of you, I'm sure you've been like going through this week and you're like, we made it to the service. Yeah, good for you. You made it to church that was on the list and, and, and you're here and you're like, yes. 
Shrek. <laughs> right? And yet we can miss the entire point. Matthew 4, 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That is just as true right now today as it was back then. Before Jesus, the world was a dark place. Before Jesus, the world was a hard place. And, and the reality is, before we accept Jesus, our own lives are hard. Our own lives are difficult. There's so much of this imagery in the Bible. It's just, it is, I don't know, it feels like it's every other page. This idea of light breaking into the darkness. This, this, this beautiful image, and that's the reason why you come today and we have, we have many candles around. If you came last night, there wasn't candles around because it was Christmas Eve. Right? So now you come on Christmas Day and we, we decorate with candles and, and we have it everywhere to, to symbolize that the light has come. The light is here. Let me explain it this way. Romans 3.10. Scripture says no one is righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one lives up to God's perfect standard. It doesn't help if you compare yourself to your neighbor and feel like you're better than them. It doesn't help if you compare yourself to your brother and sister and, and know that you're doing better than them. Or you compare yourself to that one person that, that is so easy to compare yourself to and just say, well, at least I'm not like that person. Right? So God, so God must be happy with me. Right? Scripture, scripture tells us that not one person is righteous in front of God. The, the best person in the world is not good enough. But again, the good news is it doesn't stop there. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The light, Jesus Christ, that enters into the darkness. Have you ever woken up in your house when it's dark inside? I did it a couple nights ago. You wake up, it's, it's the middle of the night, it's just, it's so dark, and I'm in my room, so I, I know the area pretty well, um, but but it's amazing how much stuff you can still stub your toe on. Even in a room that you're very familiar with. Now, now my room, uh, I end up to, to get out, I end up having to walk and go around the corner of the bed and, and, then, and then turn again and, and then I can finally get out. And, and I don't know how many times I've hit my left pinky toe on, on that little like leg part of the bed. And you kind of hug it too close. I think I'm fine. In the day, I don't even think about it. But in the middle of the night, when it's completely dark out, I hit my toe there, and then I turn the corner, and then I hit my hip on the, on the dresser. We have like one of those low ones, kind of, kind of a sharp corner. I need those like little baby like bumpers there. But you kind of catch your hip, and it's like turn your whole body. And, and the reality is like that, that reality of walking around in the darkness, stumbling around, bumping into things, hurting ourselves, uh, 
it's, it's a beautiful metaphor for what's going on here. Right? When we're living in the darkness, we, we can't find our way. We start bumping into things. We start bumping into people, hurting things, hurting people, hurting relationships. And, and especially when, when everyone around you is in the same setting, all of, all of a sudden everyone's getting injured by everyone else. And then we, we look back and we go, why, why is the world so hard? Why is this so difficult? Why have we uh, been, been really injuring ourselves and others? And scripture is, is pretty clear. The wages of sin is death. That's what it looks like to walk around in darkness. But the light has come. The light has come. God's gift of eternal life is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <clears throat> Scripture tells us that he died the death that we deserved. That the wages of sin was death, but that Jesus died on our behalf. It doesn't have to be the end of our own story. That, that when Jesus came, it was light entering into the darkness. And that he bore the death that you deserved. And unlike you and me, the, the uh, story continues. And we hear in, in Easter that Jesus did not stay dead. That he was able to come back to life and, and we're able to live a new life alongside him. Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me end with this. I'm just going to read, uh, I don't know, maybe half a dozen short Bible verses. And this is all light into darkness uh, images. And I just want you to sit there and kind of reflect on the truth that is here. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 21. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. John 1, 4 through 5, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Isaiah 9.2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. 1 John 1.5, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. John 8.12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 Peter 2, 9. 
But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In John 12, 46, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. 